Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Scriptwriter Steve. Today is January 8th, 2021. And guess what I'm doing right now, guys and girls? I am actually barbecuing. I am barbecuing a pretty gigantic brisket. <laughs> it's pretty big. It's about 20 pounds. Uh, that was before I trimmed it. And I thought I'd give you a, a broadcast here, or podcast, right? That's what they call it nowadays, right? Oh, while I barbecue. So I'm out here in my backyard. Um, so you may hear the fire crackling every now and then, and you may hear some birds, and may hear some construction out there in the background, um, because I think, I live right by a graveyard, by the way, and um, sometimes they're, they're digging some plots back there. <laughs> So, if I hear any, anybody crying, I'll make sure I stop it because that'll be kind of weird. And well, you, you know, my barbecue's not that bad too, right? So I don't want to be, you know, giving any subliminal messages out there saying, "Hey, you know, my barbecue is so bad, people are crying." Anyway, I will. Um, you know how it is, right there. I'm about a minute in. Got to pay the bills, and uh, I'm gonna cut to a commercial now. But be right back. Um, let's talk about some stuff while I barbecue. All right, I am back from that quick commercial. Actually, I just hit record again. I'll add the commercial in later on. Sometimes I wait for it to gather my thoughts, but I thought I'd just free float and shoot from the hip right now. My buddy, my uh, co-pitmaster here isn't, um, well, he's not here. Like uh, Pitmaster Keith, he is uh, actually at work right now. So he is actually being manager Keith right now. He works over at a supermarket um, that lives right by us. And uh he is, uh, he's the big honcho over there, and um, he alerted me to the, that uh, brisket was really, ch really cheap over at his supermarket, and then I popped over to Costco and found that brisket was really, really cheap. So if you want to smoke a brisket right now, I would say head, head down to Costco. Um, for some reason, um, brisket is really cheap. It was $2.99 per pound for Prime. That is cheap. Um, usually it's about $3.29 or $3.49. Uh, right around Christmas time, it was around, I think, close to $4. So, so we, we didn't smoke any brisket back then. But $2.99, I think it was $2.89 the day before. That's really cheap. So go ahead and buy a big brisket and put it on that smoker right now. Uh, why don't we just talk about how to, how to smoke a brisket? Um, if you're getting into smoking, you know... Um, Smoking a brisket, that is step one. You should learn how to smoke a brisket because everything else pretty much flows down from there. Uh, I mean, cooking a bird is a little different. You know, smoking a T-bone is a little different um, because you're not really smoking it for 8 to 12 hours. But for everything else, you're pretty much smoking it for a long time here. Um, hold on a real quick second. i got to put this thing on pause because my fire needs some management. I will be right back. Okay, I'm back. I know it's just a few seconds for you, but it was maybe about five minutes for me. I just added another piece of wood out there onto the fire. Uh, you know, when you start barbecuing, it's really a matter of, I call it firebox Jenga, because what you're doing is there, you're just stacking wood of all different shapes and sizes. And your, your, your object of the game is to um, you know, create a fire and maintain a fire that burns really clean. We're talking uh, clean, you know, pretty clean smoke. Um, I don't want it to be too clean, but I want it maybe, you know, bluish in color, uh, because if it's too clean, that's equivalent of burning propane. A lot of like people who smoke um, barbecue, they'll always say, we have to burn it clean, clean, clean. But if you burn, 
if you burn it with no smoke, that means you're not, you're not really infusing, you know, a lot of flavor into the meat. You need it to be a, a little dirty, not really dirty, just a little. So I always say, you know, that bluish color when you, when you see those guys riding the moped and there's a little blue um, tinge of smoke coming out of their, um, out of their muffler. That's the color you want for your barbecue. And that's right before it turns, um, right before it turns clear. Uh, a lot of times when it's really clear, uh, that's when your, your wood has turned to charcoal and all it is doing is giving off heat. So sometimes if you're like out there and you're saying, wow, it's a really clean, clean fire and yeah, but everything has turned to charcoal. You're, you're just really cooking with you know, pretty much the equivalent of just gas and not, and not any smoke. So the reason why we burn with wood and I am a, what they call a stick burner is that, you know, um, it provides uh, the imperfect the imperfect heat because uh, not only does it provide fire, but it provi provides smoke. Now, when it comes to cooking a brisket, uh, what the first thing you want to do um, before you even, uh, I guess, slap the brisket onto the onto the grill there, is that you really want to trim that brisket, trim as much fat as you as you can off of it, so you have a little layer of fat over it. You and you may want to put a little bit. Um, when you get a brisket, let me try to back up here and get my thoughts a little clear. When you when you get a brisket, it kind of looks like looks like, like an airplane wing. So you have a hump there on the the top end, and then it goes down to a very shallow end. So the shallow end the, that's only about maybe about an inch or two in um, in height. That's called the flat. And the bigger hump part of it, the big hump part, like such like when it's how it looks like an airplane wing, right? That's the front part. That's called the point because you have two muscles on top of there. So you have the flat and the point on top of there. And um, you, you, you usually want to put, uh, put the point toward the firebox, the hotter part of the, the smoker. And that, that part of the, the, um, the brisket can usually take the most um, damage, the most, uh, I guess, the brunt of the heat. So when it comes time to trimming your fat, you want to put a little bit, leave a little bit more fat on the front end and then the back, then on... So you want to put a little more fat on the front, less fat on the back, the flat. Flat is the back, right? And um, I guess those two words kind of sound alike, but fat and flat. <laughs> Sorry about that, people. And uh, this is all not scripted, by the way. None of my podcasts are for the most part. And um, anyway, you want to trim the fat off, leave a little bit more on the front than the back. And... Um, you, but you don't want to trim all the fat off because the fat gives you flavor and fat and smoke go really well together too. So, uh, and what you really want to do is you want to trim just enough off so that it will render down really nicely. If, if you don't trim it off, you're, you have like, like maybe about a centimeter worth of, um, of fat on there and that's not good. So fat, when you, when you smoke it, it'll render down to maybe, when you trim it enough, it'll render down to maybe about a couple millimeters and that's when you know you got it perfect. Um, so cut off as much as you can, uh, front and back, and then, and then uh, throw the fat away. If you have to cut off any meat, though, which is very possible, um, roll those up into a ball and then tie it with string and smoke that. It tastes great. So, and, those, and those pieces of meat right there, well, we call it smoke bombs, um, and, and flavored the same way, salt, pepper, you know. And, um, but they're, they're usually a lot more smoky than um, everything else. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's actually a lot, sometimes not even a lot tastier than the actual brisket itself because uh, it just get, gets hit with a lot of smoke, with, with a lot of smoke. Um, 
I've been uh, talking it over with Keith, and even and even my mother, who uh, actually helps me uh, manage the fire sometimes when we're over at her place, um, that you know, just cutting up a brisket and just making all smoke bombs because it'll cook a lot faster and it'll taste a lot better. Uh, that, that could be an idea when I, when I open up my restaurant. Um, still kind of throwing that idea around right now, but smoke bombs do taste really good and you can make them into little servings and the, the pricing could actually be a lot more stable too. You know, instead of charging per pound, you could charge per smoke bomb. <laughs> just an idea, just an idea. Anyway, so once you... Um, once you trim your brisket, um, then you just want to season it. And, you know, salt and pepper is a-okay. Um, I like to use salt, pepper, sometimes garlic powder, and sometimes onion powder. Uh, kosher salt uh, works a lot better than any other salt out there. Um, and I like to use um, possibly the diamond salt. This is the red box that you find out there because it's not as salty. Um, right now, though, um, for today's brisket, I am using Morton's um, salt. And Morton's, when you first open up the box, it's a very salty kosher salt. So you have to be very careful. When you, when you first crack open that box, man, you, you, you can oversalt your brisket or your piece of meat very, very easily. So uh, if it's fresh, on Morton's, be very, very careful. Uh, but if it's, a, if, if it's been open for about a couple months or so, like how, how mine is, and it can kind of be, it, it, it kind of like loses its punch. So then, then it, becomes a little, it becomes okay. So after you've salted, peppered it, and we use coarse pepper, you got to use coarse pepper out there um, because the coarse peppercorns, for some reason, the smoke flavor tends to stick to that a lot better. Um, so once you season it, um, I don't like to season it the night before. And um, the reason for that is that um, kosher salt, or any salt in that case, it tends to pull the moisture out of the brisket. So don't salt it the night before. Salt it right before it goes on the grill. And um, because if you leave it, leave it overnight, you're going to have a very dry brisket. Okay, so moving on. Uh, now, what type of smoker um, to use? You can use anything from a pellet, you know, to a re reverse flow smoker to an off a standard offset, which I use. Um, here in my backyard, I have an Oklahoma Joe's uh, um, smoker. It's just a very standard one. It's small. Um, it's not really, really, really small, but maybe about, I think about four feet long. And the firebox is maybe about, about a foot and a half large. It's not very big, so you have to kind of baby it. It's not like a, like a 500 gallon, you know, propane smoker. And when I say propane, we're talking about, talking about empty propane tanks that have been modified to become smokers. Um, most professional smokers used, use about 500 gallon empty propane tanks as their smoker. They're all, they're basically modified with a smokestack and a firebox and um, a lot of those big, uh, very popular smokers like say Franklin or even uh, Pecan Lodge over there, uh, they use um, they use offset pro offset uh, smokers and um, they're they're used propane tanks. And they're and they're very large ones. I think they're about they're they're about a thousand gallon. I think theirs is a thousand gallon, <laughs> thousand gallon uh, uh, firebox. I mean, I mean a pro smoker, which is huge. And um, so anyway, what you want to do is you want to when you first get your um, when you first start your fire for these uh, Oklahoma Joes or any of them, if, even if your backyard. And I'm just going to talk about burning burning wood and nothing else. Um, I like to use uh, regular coals. Um, I don't like to use a flamethrower and put wood in there. I like to start off my fire 
with a bunch of coals. And what happens is that it gives me a nice big coal bed. Your entire object of the game uh, when you when you uh, manage fire is to always have a very healthy coal bed because that's what really generates your heat, your stable amount of heat. Once you have a very stable amount of heat, um, you never have to worry about a fire going too cold. And, um, and it's very easy, much easier to maintain a fire with a like a nice healthy coal bed. And eventually, so when you first, when you, when you first build your fire, you want your, your coal bed will be made out of, you know, charcoal briquettes. And, uh, then you put a couple pieces of wood there, but eventually your, your, um, charcoal bed will be made out of wood, pure, pure wood. And depending on which type of wood that you have, though, those charcoal, those pieces of wood charcoal will hold the heat a lot more. So what you do is that when you, um, um, basically the next step here is that um, you put your brisket that's trimmed and everything, all that, you put it into your smoker and you put it on the very left-hand side of the grill, um, farthest away from the firebox and closest to the chimney. Now, if you have a reverse flow, um, reverse flow smoker, you won't have to worry about that because the heat is pretty much even. Uh, but for those who use the standard flow, where and that's the where you'll get the best flavor, because you're just hitting that brisket with, you know, um, a very high velocity of, of smoke. Um, that's where you um, you want it to you want it to be as far away from the firebox so you can cook indirectly with heat um, as much as possible. You don't want it to be close to the firebox because then you're just gonna burn your damn brisket. Okay, so now we've got the brisket into the, 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 um, the smoker, and you can put, use a temperature probe in there. Um, I like to use uh, um, two probes. I, I use one to tell me what temperature the, the grill is at, and then one I poke into the brisket itself into the point, the fat part, and, uh, and then you just smoke it from there on. Now, from here, here on out, it's a manager of managing the firebox. Now, how to manage a firebox is pretty simple. Um, well, not really simple. But the, the biggest friend you have of when you manage this firebox is um, having an axe. And the reason, for, reason why that's your best weapon is that you can, you, know, you never know what, what, how big a piece of wood you actually, actually need when you manage a firebox. You may need a smaller piece of wood, a, a thinner piece of wood, or you may need, need a nice big fat piece of wood. Um, Big pieces of wood, they don't burn very fast. Small pieces of wood, they burn really fast and very hot. So say, for example, if I'm like, um, maybe I'd stuck at 250 and I just need, I need it to go up to 275 really quick. And uh, my, my bigger piece of wood isn't catching fire as fast as I want it to be because it's, because it's a little green. And when I say little green, it's not, it's not dried out in a kiln or anything like that. It's not seasoned. So then I would use a smaller piece of wood, a thinner piece of wood, to make sure to catch that fire, that bigger piece of wood on fire. Now, if I have a really hot fire and it says it's burning really nice, but I don't want to increase the temperature too much, but I, I want that, I'm running a little bit low on charcoal, and I, wanna, I want this big piece of wood to eventually help me create a, a, a new charcoal bed, then I can put another a nice big piece of wood in there that has some, some girth to it. And um, that's, what, that's when I would use a bigger piece of wood, all right? So that's about it right there. So you're, it's always about you're trying to find the right piece of wood, stacking it. A lot of times with these small woods, um, small smokers, you will find yourself flipping the wood a lot of times. So sometimes it'll become charcoal on one side, and you just have to flip the wood, and then it'll start burning again very clean. And uh, it, 
you know how airplanes kind of fly by instruments? Well, when you smoke, you kind of have to kind of fly, kind of kind of burn by instrument as well. So you're looking at your thermometer and you're looking at saying, is, is, is that temperature dropping or, or not? When should I put in, in, a, in another piece of wood? Is that fire burning hot right now? And there's all different types of circumstantial evidence that you can use. So for example, if I'm, if I'm burning hot right now and I'm looking at my, the smoke coming out of my chimney and it's pretty clean, then all of a sudden it starts to billow then I know for a fact that my fire in my firebox has basically gone out and I have to attend to it really quick. So if it starts to billow and the temperature starts to drop, I says, okay, I have to, this is something I have to manage. So it's not just a matter of looking at the temperature. It's a, manage, it's a matter of also looking at the smokestack and seeing what color smoke comes out of there. So it's, it's again, it's, it's one of those things where if you're going to um, you know, barbecue, it's an all-day thing. You have to watch your barbecue. You um, Sometimes you can walk away from it, answer some emails, watch some TV, watch some football. But a lot of times it's just you and your buddy just out there, you know, talking story you know, as, as you smoke. And that's why, you know, Keith is so great over here is because he comes over here and then, um, you know, I, I usually start the fire. Then sometimes I, 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 can take, I, I can take a nap and then he'll handle it for the next couple hours and I'll, I'll go ahead and handle it for the next couple hours. We kind of like trade off. And then sometimes we can actually, you know, watch a football game or something and one guy has their eye on the fire at all times. They'll say, oh, got to add, add some wood. You know, we, we, we actually dropped in temperature. So as long as, you know, there's two people there, usually it's okay. Um, in restaurants, you have a fire, uh, literally a pit master who um, manages the fire and keeps an eye on it all the time. Now, here's the thing. When you have a big propane tank, you don't have to you know, manage it as, as uh, delicately as a backyard smoker. So you could literally put like, um, and I talked to professional pitmasters up there in Texas. They'll just load up the, load up the, the firebox with wood, like, like three or four pieces of wood um, every four hours. And then they'll just, you know, come back in four hours. Every four hours, someone has to do it. So they'll have some, you know, low, low, low-level employee actually manage it. And, um, and, and that's, that's why a lot of times their, their, um, their brisket or their, their, their smoked meat doesn't come out as good. And it's sometimes very disappointing. But um, anyway, anyway, going back on the subject here. Uh, so every, after the first two hours of smoking your, your brisket, um, you know, then you, you can make the decision on whether or not to put in a water pan. Um, I like to cook with a water pan just to make sure it's a lot more... Um, lot more uh, moist and what what a water pan does is that you you basically put put a small water pan in there move it as close as you can to the firebox and in the smoking area in the grill area you you put the water pan that's where you put the water pan you move it all the way to the right closest to the firebox uh, on the opposite opposite side of the chimney and you don't want a a water pan that's too deep because you want that water to boil and what it does it, it makes that environment in there very very um very humid. Now today, I'm still debating whether or not to use a um, to use a water pan because here in Hawaii, we already are at maybe 90 percent, you know, humidity. That's pretty damn humid. So I just have to um, and figure out if I want to do that or not. And it's a lot easier to manage a fire, at least in this Oklahoma Joe's, um, without a water pan. Um, you know, temperatures can go up. Um, I've got it to a point where. I can, you know, where the temperatures don't spike as much because I know how to manage a fire. Um, so um, I, I still have to make that decision or not, whether or not I'm not going to use a, a water pan or not. Um, but anyway, uh, after that, every two hours, 
an, hold on, after two hours, every half an hour, you want to kind of want to spray your brisket with um, some type of water. I like to use apple, apple cider and water, like a one-to-one ratio. Um, some people like to use, you know, just flat-out vinegar or just flat-out water. And you just, you just spray your, the, the fatty parts of your brisket. And um, this is to make sure the, the meat actually uh, reduces, the, 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 the meat stays moist, but more so the fat reduces on top of there. And then your, the bark that you're creating, it doesn't become crispy and doesn't crack. So um, that's what you really want to do when you spray, spray down the brisket. It also helps the, the um, brisket absorb smoke. So it's a good it's a good rule of thumb to maybe spray it every 30 minutes or so. Make sure that brisket stays nice and moist. If you see it drying out, then make sure you spray it more often. And if you see it drying out way too much, then you uh, really want to just put in um, put in a water pan. Now, what you're going to do when you smoke here? Now, now here, here you are managing the fire and everything. You're waiting for that temperature of that brisket to go up. And it's going to go up pretty quick, but once it hits reach maybe around 160 degrees or 165, uh, that's when things are going to really um, uh, get a little frustrating for you if it's your first time smoking a brisket. The brisket will literally stall, and stalling means the temperature no longer goes up. Um, and uh, what this means is that the temp- the moisture the moisture in the in the meat has reached a point where the, the, the temperature won't go up until enough moisture has actually evaporated inside the meat to, to allow, the, the temp, allow the brisket to rise in temperature. Now, this is very critical because you don't want to cook um, all of your moisture out because if you cook all of your moisture out, you have a very dry brisket. So a lot of people make the mistake of just um, cooking, cooking your, your brisket and then cooking it straight through, with, um, straight through the, the stall. That's very, you know, it's, it, it, that is not really ideal. Not really ideal at all. So you don't want to cook it to 203 um, straight through. Uh, eventually, we, we have to figure out when to wrap. And the reason why we're wrapping is, one, A, to, to protect the bark because we don't want um, the bark to um, become too crispy or too smoky. Uh, when it becomes too crispy and too smoky, it, be, it tastes like gasoline as well. And, and on top of that, it starts to um, basically taste like burnt wood. We don't want that. Um, secondly, it keeps moist. It keeps moisture within your brisket. So we just have to figure out when to wrap. That when you cook a brisket, you're basically figuring out when to wrap. And a good idea, a good rule of thumb, is to figure out uh, when when you look at the it's by when you look at the um, the bark, the formation of the bark. How good is the bark forming? And you basically wrap when you feel you have a good bark on your brisket. If it's nice and even, um, if it's not even, you, have, you, may, you may have to flip it around. Um, but if it's a nice, even black right there, and then a little red, red, I guess little pieces of red poking through the little, little dark pieces of, pieces of, um, of a bark, that's usually when I wrap. And your bark will still form, by the way, when you wrap. It doesn't matter if you wrap with paper or if you wrap with aluminum foil, I like to use foil because I just feel that it, um, the brisket comes out a lot more tender with foil, and plus it's a, it's a lot easier to um, 
to actually uh, cook a brisket with foil. Just be very honest about that. When you cook it with um, when you cook it with uh, uh, paper, it doesn't really wrap very tight. So then you still may have to if you're finishing off your brisket in your in your um, I guess in your smoker, which many people do, then then uh, you you have to pay really close attention that your fire is still clean. If you wrap it with tin foil and wrap it pretty tight, um, you're not going to get any any um, smoke in there anymore. So you can, your fire can basically be dirty, and you can actually cook. You can move your brisket closer to the firebox to to make to finish off the brisket because you don't re- really have to worry about overcooking the brisket at this point. You just have to worry about it getting to 203 and a reason in a reasonable time. So um. From here on out, um, say for example, um, we have we have our brisket in there. We're we're, we're like uh, we're smoking it, and uh, we're our, our temperatures at 165. We're spraying it every 30 minutes, managing the fire correctly, and we're looking at the bark every now and then. Every time we spray it, and we say, okay, now it's time to wrap. So um, a good thing, to, uh, when how I like to wrap my things again, I like to use tin foil. Now I don't wrap my way. Um, if you if you look at other pot if you look at other YouTubers, um, some of them like to wrap it like how they do flags, um, and um, I don't like to wrap it that way. Um, what I like to do is I like to have one long piece of um, tin foil, and then I'll literally get another long piece of tin foil, put put my brisket in there, put another long piece of tin foil, and then put it on top of the brisket, and then wrap it as though I have a little. Um, Kind of, I'm making a boat with tin foil and then wrapping it nice and tight. That way, when I want to check my meat, um, when I'm finishing it, I can just, I can literally just take off the the, the top of the tin foil, poke it in there, and if it's, if it's not done yet, poke my thermometer. I mean, it's not done yet, and then close up the close up the tin foil very easily. If you wrap it like a flag, um, it'll be nice and tight, but then again. You know, you can't unwrap it. it you, then you have to wrap. It, it's a chore to unwrap it. You li- you literally have to unfold like how you unfold a flag. You you have to wrap it. You have to unfold it like a flag. So it's not too fun. So what I again how I do is I have one one um, piece of tin foil, one large piece of tin foil. Put the brisket down on there, and then again I put another piece of tin foil that is not as large, but enough to cover the the whole brisket. And then I just put it right on top of that that um, right on top of that uh, I guess that that brisket, and then the edges I just kind of like you know fold fold on fold on up, but at least I can pull off the top like a lid, and that's my opinion you know on how to do things. It still it still serves it very well. It still serves the same purpose. It does it very well. I I've done it the other way where you wrap the brisket like a flag, not very efficient, um, and uh, especially if when you want to check up on that temperature. Now, when it comes to like uh, finishing the brisket after we've wrapped it, uh, you want to cook it to around 203 degrees. At around 200 degrees, you can start poking your thermometer in there and then poking into all different areas. You want that thermometer to basically go in there like butter. Now, if you've, uh, oh, hold on a real quick second. I have to manage my fire. It's been about 30 minutes right now. So hold on a real quick second here. Okay, I'm back. I just added another piece of wood on top of there. Oh, you know, I forgot to actually spray my apple cider on there. So hold on really quick. In fact, I'll just take you with me as I go. All right. Not sure if you can hear all that. Yeah, it's looking really nice. 
This is where I wish I did the video podcasting. Okay, I'm back here. Okay, temperature right now of the fire after I opened it, um, it's about 217 degrees and rising, and temperature of the brisket right now is 115 degrees. Uh, it's you know, so I'm really, I'm really pretty early into this. Uh, I think I think I started this this brisket around 12 p.m. or 11, you know, 11 a.m. and I think I'll be smoking this to around 1 a.m. Uh, it'll, it'll be, it'll be a pretty long smoke, but this is a, this is a very big piece of meat here. Okay. All right. So where was I here? So, um, you wrapped the, here's the thing. So you, you wrapped up your brisket, um, after you, you made the bark. Next, next thing to do is actually to, to cook it to tender. Um, 203 is the magic number. And, uh, you want to like, either if you're, you're going to cook it in your smoker or you can, you can finish it off in the oven, actually, either, or, um, sometimes a lot of times I just like to finish it off in the oven because it's just so much easier to, to not manage a fire. You know, once I get to the wrap, I say, okay, great. I can just, you know, <laughs> put the stove to like three, three twenty-five, And I, and I do put the stove to three twenty-five. by the way, when I, when I, um, when I finish it off there, it's fine at three twenty-five, and, and that brisket will, will like like, um, it, it will get tenderized and you, it's okay. It won't burn it. So you can, you can, um, start finishing, finishing off the brisket at 325. It will not damage your meat. It will not lower the quality. Now, once it reaches 203, you want that brisket, you want to rest that brisket till it reaches maybe around 160. And then that's when you can actually, um, eat it and carve it. Uh, the longer, um, the faster you, you cook your brisket, so, so say, for example, if I only spend eight hours cooking a brisket, um, the longer you should rest it. The longer you rest it, um, the smokier it gets, um, the more uh, tender it gets. Uh, some people have actually, you know, rested it a, a good 24 hours, and you could do that as well. So it, it's really, really up to you. Um, when you. For me, when I find that I rest it about 24 hours, it becomes a little too tender. You know, it becomes a little, a little too flaky. And, um, but some people, you know, like it like that. Um, they can cut it with like a spoon, <laughs> you know, well, you can cut it, cut it like butter, cut it with a spoon, not like a spoon. You can't cut really, really cut a spoon. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's how you make a, a brisket. Um, it's not, it's not very difficult. And every other piece of meat from like, uh, what is it from short ribs? Those are your regular beef ribs you get in the restaurant to even pork ribs and even pulled pork, it's all pretty much the same. It's all pretty much the same. Even like pulled pork, almost the same technique. The stall happens around 160, 170. And then you cook it to, I mean, for me, I cook it to little, little um, two, 203, 210. And then I start shredding it, you know, start, start pulling it. Um, what, one thing about the pulled the pool pork, though, that's really important to rest just a little bit longer because it, it gets a lot more smoky when you rest it. And then, even better, uh, poop pork, t- it tastes a lot better the day after. So pull it, put it in the refrigerator, put it in Ziploc bags, and then uh, eat it the, day, the next day, and it's really nice. Um, the first day, it's okay, but the, day number two, oh, it's really, really good. And the brisket, um, I am cooking this for tomorrow, uh, because it's always, you know, for me, I always feel like, um, well, lately, when you cook, when you smoke, you never know what's going to go wrong. Uh, 
a lot of things go wrong a lot of times when it comes to smoking. So a lot of t so it's just great to like have no pressure to get it get everything done, cook it nice and slow and everything, and uh, not have the pressure to get this done just in time. Um, I, I've had it before where, and we're talking just cooking short ribs. I remember with us the last time I cooked short ribs, I had a, a three a three bone on a three bone um, short rib on top of there. Then all of a sudden, my friend says, "Oh, I, I invited like four more of our friends." I said four more. Luckily, I had another piece of uh, meat I, I had just um, put in the, in the in the freezer, and I pulled that out, and then I cooked that one. But then I had that fire at 350 degrees when I was, I was pushing that thing to to, to get it done, um, you know. And and it, and it turned out okay. It wasn't the smokiest because these ribs didn't didn't stand the smoker for very long. I think about three hours. <laughs> it was a comp it was literally like competition barbecue where I had to get it done within three hours because they were on their way. <laughs> so 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 it's um that was that was pretty fun. But the ideal is not to do that. And that's why I cook it the day before and then tomorrow I'll just keep I'll keep it wrapped today and then tomorrow I'll put it into the um the oven and I'll basically uh jack up that temp temperature to around three twenty five and I will um, cook it to around 165 degrees internal temperature. Okay, guys. Well, that's about it. Hope you had fun listening to me talk about barbecue. All barbecue today. No politics. I know there's politics out there. I'll save that for another day. All barbecue today. All right, guys. Take it easy.